And I truly believe that the process to change is self-belief. If you cannot change and every time you go to change, you fail, it's because you don't actually believe that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And so you have to rebuild that self-belief back into yourself that your word means something. Welcome to A Better Life with Brandon Turner. That is me, where world-class guests share their wisdom on building a better life. Join me as we explore the habits, the actions, and the beliefs that have guided their journey with the aim of helping you apply those lessons to your own. Andrea Fawcett. Welcome to the Sea Shed. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? I am so good. You know, I had a great talk with your husband, what was it, last week uh, on the show, and it was phenomenal. And then in the middle of it, he kept talking about you, and I was like, well, why don't we just get her here? So thank you for coming on on such short notice and uh, doing this. Stoked to be here and, you know, hopefully be as good. Oh, you will be Brody. better. Better. It's a competition thing. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just You're not competitive that, at all, are you? Uh, nothing. Zero percent competitive. <laughs> okay, so I know you as the founder of a massive fitness brand. You've helped thousands and thousands of people. I know you obviously as a mother, uh, as a business owner. I know you as a lot of these things, and uh, a huge help in the Maui fires, which I'd love to talk about today. But take us back before all of that. Who was Andrea Fawcett? Oh, man. Like, if we were to start at the beginning, I was raised in, like, a very rural town and with very, like, basic parents. Like, if I knew now that I was, like, an—I would be an entrepreneur, I didn't even, like, know what that word meant. I just (laughs) thought it was people that tried to start businesses and they, like— just did it. I didn't think they were (laughs) successful or anything, you know? So I grew up always thinking safe. And now I kind of see that as a victim mindset, but just like always like, okay, get a job that's safe, make safe decisions, live in a house that's safe, drive a car that's safe financially, like Mm. never like money is, is dangerous and bad. And I really was raised that way. And honestly, like I got my nursing degree. So I have my bachelor's in nursing. I don't know if a lot of people don't know that. I did not know that. Um, Because it was a safe job that I could be as a mom. And it was just like, yep, safe, safe, safe. And I feel like even when I was younger, I've always had like an innate confidence. Um, And I always believed like from a very young age, like I feel like I always had this deep self-belief, which I'm super grateful for. But I just never really knew that it could like be anything. You know, you're just raised. You're like, okay, like your perspective is so jaded by how you're raised. You don't even realize it when Mm. you're growing up. And so then I hate to give credit here, but no, then I like met Brody, right? And when we were first married, he would like play. Like I remember 10X by Grant Cardone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would play that in the car and I'd be like, turn this off. (laughs) No, truly. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm pretty good, man. Like, I don't need to listen to this because it just felt like so unsafe. Right. And here I am marrying Brody, who's like, still doesn't have a degree, isn't finishing school, owns a house. My parents are like, yeah, he's a good guy. They they love Brody, but just like, (laughs) make sure he gets his degree, like make sure it's safe, you know? And so I felt like he just would like keep listening to it and slowly, but surely it just like, started i'm like oh like that's kind of interesting or hearing and seeing changes in brody i feel like that's what morphed me into like where i am today but i also think that like how i was raised like i had to pay for everything i wasn't given anything we weren't raised with much i also think that all of that made me who i am today and so i think a lot of the times we can be like a victim to how we were raised where really like that's probably everyone's greatest superpower Mm. is like how you were raised 
creates like the lens that you see today. So you can either like let it ruin you or you can let it help you to be successful because maybe you want that same life or maybe you want something totally different. But like that's what creates our ability. Like those are all of our founding moments. And so I'm like grateful for how I was raised. I have no regrets, but I'm also so grateful that like I'm where I am today. And I think that's a motivating piece is just you can you can be who you want to be and you can live the life you want to live regardless of where you started. That's so good. What did you learn from your parents that made you a better, I'll say mom today? Yeah. So my mom was always a stay at home mom, six kids, all very close in age. Um, My dad was a really hard worker and a really great father. Like I joke when Brody and I first got married, I remember like our bathrooms were starting to get dirty and I'm like, what are you doing? Like the men clean the bathrooms. Cause my dad would always like deep clean the tubs. And he's like, what? No. And he would like always do the dishes and make my mom go sit down. And so I feel like they had a really good marriage and a really good relationship and really taught us to be self-sufficient. Like I always paid for my own insurance, my own phone bill, my own gas, like nothing was handed to me. And I like hated them for it growing up. Mm. Like I had to pay my own like sports fees, you know? And it's like, Oh, are you kidding me? Like, no way. But like it, it helped me realize one that like I have to work for what I want to get. And I feel like it did put me way ahead of other kids that had been handed everything. Cause I appreciated what I had. Like for Christmas, the three gifts under the tree meant everything to me. And like, I'll still like joke. I'm like, dude, I just bought 12 Christmases worth of stuff yeah. in like one small shopping trip yeah. and don't think about it now. But I'll always remember that little piece that keeps me grateful. So what do you think it's like? I mean, like I grew up probably similar, like, you know, not, not super well off my very blue yeah. collar. My parent, my dad's a meat cutter, but yep. I still like not, I wouldn't say like low, low income, but like yeah. tight. Right. And then our parents had to raise, and it sounds like similar, had to raise us at that mentality, which made us who we are. You and I today are in a very different position with yeah. raising our kids. Now yeah. we have similar age kids. How do we deal with that with our kids being rich? Parents, totally. Rich totally. Parents, yeah. yeah. It's like, Bernie and I always talk about that. Cause I'm like, gosh, he's like, he has this one kid in high school that he always talks about. He's like, his dad gave him everything, yeah. Andrea. He's like, I just like loathed him because he had no gratitude and was just like kind of self-absorbed. Yeah. But I think you can teach them about money. And I think a lot of the times fear, like fear in any decision, whenever I feel fear, it's probably because I don't know enough about it, Oof. about the situation. And so I feel truth. like yeah. for me, I feared money because I didn't understand like, and I feared passive income and I feared buying homes because to me, it all just felt like debt. Cause I didn't understand how you could make that work. And so I feel like for my kids, I want them to understand, like, I'm like, I want to teach them the value of money. Like yeah. each our real estate property will go under each of their names, like one under each kid. And like, that's their responsibility growing up. And Ray's getting to that point where I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to call. Like she's six, but I'm like, if you can talk to me the way you talk to me, you can call and schedule someone to come clean or come fix the plumbing and I'll tell you what to say. And so, I mean, are we perfect? No, but like, that's my goal. Hopefully is like, Hey, I want you to be empowered by money and like empowered to realize that like I can live the same way but also to realize like, it's not yours. Mom and dad made this and we're here and we love you, but like you get to create your own and I want to give you the tools to create your own empire. I love it. Yeah. I I think it's probably a lot less, I mean, just making this kind of statement up as I go here, but it, it, it's less about being rich or poor, more about it being intentional or not intentional. Exactly. And like you can be poor and super prideful too, you know, like it's it's a mindset. I'm like, either way, like you can, be that way. And I don't think that one life growing up is greater than the other. Yeah. But yeah, it's like if they're loved and you can teach them skills that will put them ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think of like the, the rich kids I knew in school, some of them turned out great. 
Yes. But their parents were intentional about money. Yes. Some And some poor kids turned out great. Some poor kids turned out <laughs> terrible. And some rich kids turned out terrible. Exactly. Like, it's just how how intentional are you with teaching your kids and raising them? And, totally. And sometimes it's just luck. But, exactly. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, I mean, kids are kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, I noticed that from our first to our second. You just yeah. never know what's coming out, you know? Yeah. And you're on to your third now, <laughs> we're right? We're on our third. Yes. Yeah. We Yay. just did the, uh, the gender reveal. The gender reveal. reveal. Yeah. Poor Brody, another girl, you guys. <laughs> another girl. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, actually, he didn't, he didn't know when we were interviewing him last week. And so it's just in yeah, the last... No. Yeah, it was the yeah. last few days that we figured that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I won $100 actually at your gender reveal party. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mike Newbauer and I bet I bet $100 it was a girl and so You're I won. You're kidding. Yeah, oh, so I thank you. It. Good job. Yeah, uh, I got you, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you went from, uh, you know, getting married, nursing to somehow running this massive fitness empire. I'd love to walk through that journey a little bit. How'd you get there? Yeah. Okay. So... It was also crazy. So I got my nursing degree and I started working as a nurse and Brody was in sales at the time. So he was only working four or five months out of the year. Mm -hmm. And I had our first daughter, Ray, right after I graduated nursing school. I actually checked out of the hospital and my mom stayed with Ray at the hospital and I went and graduated and then came back to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I worked this hard. I'm not Mm -hmm. stopping. And so I started like my residency, started working. And I, it was one of those moments where you're like, I've like kind of planned on this for a while. Like, this is what I've worked so hard for and I'm working and I'm like, mm, I'm not fulfilled. Mm. Like this is horrible. Brody's home with like our baby. Like this is so, so messed up. This isn't how I want it. And I just will never forget. We were sitting in Ikea because we were doing a remodel at the time. And he, I was just like broke down. I'm like, I don't want to work, but I just spent all this time going to school. Like I just don't want to do it. I just want to stay home. And he's like, then quit. Mm. And I just remember I sat there. I'm like, what? I'm like, but what about insurance? Like, this is how we're going to have insurance because his job, he was self-employed. Like, this is what we've been planning for. I put all this time and effort and, and work in. So like, this is who I am. And what is everyone going to think, you know? And he's like, just quit. We'll figure it out. And so I'm so grateful for him. And so literally the next day I called and I quit. And I remember the director was like, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. <laughs> she said that to me. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and so it was just one of those like leaps of faith. But I feel like seriously that has taught me one of the biggest lessons is like we can get so stuck in one identity because Mm. we spent so much time so much effort we're like this is who I am so like I can't change and just that small pivot in my life like now looking back I'm like if I wouldn't have had the courage or someone supporting me to make that decision I'd probably honestly still be working as a nurse like that was a pivotal moment in my life and my parents my family my nursing school friends everyone's like what are you doing? Like you're throwing away everything you worked for. And I think being okay with that and understanding that like the greatest things in life can come from a small pivot. And also knowing like now looking back, I'm like, okay, let's say I did quit. If things didn't work out, what could I do? Literally go right back. back. (laughs) And that's like for almost any situation, it's like, okay, if it doesn't work, I promise you that the thing you're leaving is probably still going to be there in some in almost any capacity that you want, because everyone's hiring right yeah. now. Like there's so many jobs. And so I quit and I didn't have this dream of entrepreneurship. Like, honestly, I didn't. And I just remember like one day I was looking in the mirror and I'd like gotten really fit and into fitness when Brody and I were like dating and we're going to get married. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to get like hot for this wedding. <laughs> and so that was like my whole focus. And then I like had this baby and I'm like looking in the mirror one day and I'm like, who is staring back at me? I'm newly postpartum. I just quit my job. I feel so bored during the day, but I don't want to work, but I love my baby. And I just felt like I lost myself, honestly, for like the first time in my life, that like inner confidence that I've always had. I'm just like, well, what's the point? Like, 
being a mom is supposed to be amazing. And it was, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled just being at home. Like my personality, I've always loved to go and do and create. And Brody kept being like, you need to start a fitness app. Like you need to, <laughs> you need to start a fitness page or you need to, you need to do this. And I had a best friend that kept saying that too. And I literally was like, no, I've never wanted to own a business. Like I don't want to make money. Like, I just want to do my thing. And so I kept pushing it off like over and over and over again. Like, no, I don't want to start anything. Who am I? Right. No one wants to listen to me. I don't know anything like. And so one day my best friend was sitting in the front room and she's like, get up. You're filming a workout video. I'm going to film you like you have to do it. And we're going to post it. And I'm like, no, my house isn't clean. I'm not ready. I don't look my fittest, you know, everything. And she's like, nope, you're doing it. And so like that video now is such a special thing to me because then the next day I posted it Mm. and it was like, I, I wasn't an Instagrammer. Like that wasn't my goal. And I posted it and like, did everything just come falling into my hands? Like, I wish it did. But honestly, not really. People were supportive. A lot of people I know were, you know, behind my back kind of being like, oh, here's another mm-hmm. girl trying to start a fitness page on Instagram. And I think that's common today when I talk to people. It's like, well, everyone already does that. Or yeah. you're so consumed with the, what other people think. And we can go off on that after. But So I started posting and it wasn't anything crazy. I'm just like sharing as I go, slowly doing things. I like almost deleted the page like 500 times because I (laughs) felt like such an imposter. And people would ask me like, what do you do? And I'd be like, well, I have my nursing degree, you know, and and then on the side, I kind of like have a fitness thing that I'm trying to start. But like, I could not own that identity. I just didn't believe in myself enough. And I remember it was one day I'm like, you know what? I'm going to launch like a 30-day challenge and I'm going to give people a macro account, which is a nutrition plan and workouts for 30 days. And like, we're just going to see how it goes. And like, if not, I'm out, you know, like this is enough. And so I launched it and that month I made (laughs) $15,000 and it was like this light bulb. I'm like, wait, oh my gosh. And it wasn't even the money. The money was great, but it was the thing like, I don't even have that many followers, but like, people want to buy from me and people are telling me that I'm changing their lives. Yeah. And so throughout that month of working with those clients, like I'll never forget reading those final check-ins from them. And yeah. they're like, everything changed. I see life through a different lens and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fulfilling because I am helping people not just like look better, but feel better. And that's something that I'm huge about in Momly is like the mindset mm. behind health and fitness. Like I always say, I empower women to take control of their lives through health and fitness. And so all of a sudden, I mean, Brody, gosh, I'm giving him too much credit, but no, he's like, (laughs) he's like, we're building a fitness app. And so we ended up moving forward and finding a developer in India and started creating an app. And it took like a year to build. And I kept doing these little 30 day challenges. I'd have to re-sign people every single month. And I started gaining some traction and I still didn't even have 10,000 followers yet. Like just still very small. And so I'm not, you don't need a huge following to be successful or Mm. change lives. I 100% believe in that. And we launched our app a year later. We rebranded to Mamalay. And it was like the first month I 10x what I had done, you know, the last year. Yes, like in a day. And I was like, oh my gosh. And like the memories now, like I was up all night, like answering customer service. And I'm like, shoot, I got to like hire a customer service. Like, and so I started hiring a team and it's just crazy to see how that happened. And I think a lot of it came because I I went into it truly to serve, truly to help people. And that's what like spurred where we are. And then the ball just kept building. I think people can feel that in the market. Like, I think that's like, 
when I think of some guys, I mean, think of uh, real estate guys. In fact, Brody's a good example, but think of like Pace Morby. Why has yeah. Pace Morby done so well in real estate? Why, like, why has Brody done well in the education space? Because mm-hmm. certain people just, you can tell they care. Yes. Like they actually care about, it's not just about money. There are yes. plenty of real estate gurus out there that I know just want your money. Yes. Uh, and like, yeah, you, you can feel it on them. Totally. And if anyone out here is like, oh, well, I don't know what my passion is, or I don't know what I'm going to do, or why would someone follow me? There's a million people. There's always going to be a million people doing something. And I think that should actually be motivating rather mm-hmm. than unmotivating. And it's like, if you go into it, even if it's one or two people, that will compound and people will see and feel that from you. And so it's like, don't let like the imposter syndrome. If you think you're the only one that feels that way, you're wrong. Yeah. Like I love the, you're not a special snowflake analogy. Like I say that in the fitness space all the time too. Like it just doesn't work for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. the process to change remains the same yeah. for anyone. You know, yeah, we all come from different circumstances. We all come from different lives. Some people lose weight easier. Some people build muscle easier. But if you want to change, the process to change is the same for everyone. So you're either like, yep, let's go. Or you're going to be a victim to that. And you're never going to change. So like it all comes down to you. And I think that's so empowering that like you have the power through your choices to create and live the life you want to live. And like that is the most empowering thing. And I work with, you know, thousands of clients who have like sat their whole lives believing that they are the way they are and they cannot change Mm -hmm. and that something's inherently wrong with them because they say they're gonna be so great and work so hard and then they don't and they fall off the train and it happens over and over and over again and if you're listening and you can relate like one know this is normal it's not just you right and it's not said in a bad way it's like hey this means that you can change and you got to build self-belief and these tools that can keep you moving forward so that you can see the success you want to see. And when you start to believe that about yourself, your entire, every aspect of your life changes. It's the coolest thing. That's incredible. All right. I got like 40 questions here to ask you (laughs) on this stuff. So many things. Uh, I love it. But first, let's throw on this week's show sponsor. Now, one thing we do on the show is a little bit different than most people is 100% of the ad revenue goes towards a charity of the guest choosing. So what breaks your heart or what uh, charity would you like us to throw this money toward? Yes, I would like it to go to the Emily Effect. That, Emily, tell us about yes, that. Yes, it's a foundation that was started after a woman killed herself from postpartum depression. Mm. And so that's all they work on is like women's mental health and providing spaces and facilities for people to get the help they need. Oof. So it's really cool. That's a real yeah. need. Yeah. Touches. I've had that experience with postpartum depression. So it's something Oof. near and dear. And I know thousands of women that have in our yeah. community. So I think it's so awesome. Such a needed space. All right. Well, that's what we'll throw the money at. And uh, let's roll the ad. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but this is super actually important. I think you're going to love this. Here's how you become wildly wealthy and ridiculously good looking. How's that for an intro? Look, I know it's an ad, but take some notes. I think it's going to help. First, you set a vision for what you want your future to look like. Then you turn that vision into annual and then quarterly goals. And then you identify the actions that you need to take regularly that are going to get you there. Then you track those actions. And then you add on accountability with other high achievers who are tracking theirs to ensure you're actually doing the stuff you know you need to do. And then finally, you improve relentlessly with education and networking. And that's it. You can literally accomplish like anything through that framework. And that is exactly what the Better Life Tribe is. So whether you want to retire young with a multi-million dollar portfolio, real estate deals, or maybe you want to impress your spouse with your amazing six pack or, you know, whatever, something else. The Better Life Tribe is going to get you there. And while the tribe only opens a few days every year, you can be the first to hear about our next opening by joining the waitlist at abetterlife.com slash wait. That is abetterlife.com forward slash wait.
All right. So I, I want to, man, I don't even know where to start here. I got so many good things. First of all, you mentioned the friend who was like, no, get off the couch. We're filming right yeah. now. I thought of two things. One, like, like sometimes it just takes somebody pushing you, yes. right? To just like, done is better than perfect, right? Amen. I, I done is that. fun. Yeah, I always done, say that. Ooh, done is it. fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Done is fun. But I, another way of looking at that is how could you, and not like you, but the people listening, how can we be that person to somebody else. If you see somebody else totally. going, I want to do this thing, like, oh, I really want to go work out. Like, why not drive to their house and be like, hey, we're going to the gym right now. Absolutely. Like, think of the impact you could have on somebody yes. else's life. Like, yes, so no. powerful. It's yeah. like, that's literally all it took was one person to be like, no, you're doing it right yeah, now. I'm gonna Rip film the you. phone yep. out of my hand. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I think usually it's the opposite. Yep. People are like, no, like, don't do that. It's not yeah, going to yeah. work. Like, no, I think that's a bad idea. Don't be that person. Yeah. So what? It's a flop. Like, boo hoo. Yep. You know, yeah. you're yeah. fine. Yeah, I love the idea of like friends conspiring for one another's success. Yes. Like just like, I'm going to make you successful. Like yep. get, 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 go She's now. She's still like, my yeah. best friend. Yeah. yeah I love so it. Cool. That's amazing. So very cool. Where did Mama Lay, the name come from? So it's like a slang term for mother. Okay. And we needed a name that we could trademark yeah. truly. And so we just spent time being like, okay, like what does mother mean? That's all women. Everyone's a mother in some capacity, whether they have a baby or not. And so we're just very like focused on, yeah, womanhood and fem. Femininity yeah. and, and stepping into that. So no dudes. No dudes. Wow. Some husbands try to join. We let them, but um, yeah, we're pretty pretty female focused. Okay, I, I like that because like you're not trying to serve everybody in business, yep. right? It's so it's so common to want to be like, well, we want to serve everybody, and we, yep. we don't want to miss out on people. <laughs> yes, and it's like that just kills you. I think it's one of the biggest business mistakes people yeah. make. And I remember when we were creating the app, I'm like, well, if we make it pink, then yeah. men can't join. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I didn't do that. Yeah. Have you heard of Sheehan's wall? Uh, I know the, the name. Analogy. Yeah. yeah. So it's just you can't like, get through the wall. Yeah. Like, if there's focus, a wall, yeah. like you have to like focus and then after you yeah. can expand. Is that Rory Vaden? I think yeah. It's Rory Vaden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that. I like love that analogy. It's like, yeah. if you're doing something, get so niche. Like yep. the person I create content for is me. Like yeah. the, you're perfectly positioned to serve the person you used to yes. be, you know? And so it's like, yeah, that's who I'm making content for is the person looking in the mirror. They just had a baby. They're 24 years old and yep. they're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to find myself? And that's that's who I make content for. Like, and I love that idea. Very like, specific. You have an avatar. Like this is yes, who the person is. You have to do that. Yeah. You know, when we started the Better Life Tribe here about a year ago, I did, like I've even, I've taught this stuff for years and I still yeah. didn't quite do it. I'm like, I wanted to make this Better Life Tribe for everybody. Yeah. Like men, women, <laughs> yeah. old, young, kids, real estate, yeah. not kids, who cares? <laughs> and because the stuff applies to everybody, yes. goal setting and habits and routines applies to everybody. But what I've realized is it's a lot harder to sell that. And I read uh, Alex Hermosi's $100 million offers, yes. right? In that yes. book, he's like, he made such a great point. He said, if I were to come to you and say, hi, I'm a business coach, I can help you. I'd be like, okay, you know, maybe it's worth $100 to me, $100 an hour. If he was like, hey, I'm a business coach who helps real estate investors. I'd be like, okay, well, maybe that's worth a 500 an hour. He's like, I'm a business coach who helps real estate investors who are syndicating large apartment complexes. Well, now it's worth like $10,000 totally. an hour. Totally. I'm a real estate, I'm a, I'm a consultant who helps real estate investors who are syndicating, get raise more capital by using their Instagram influence to raise more money. Yep. Now it's $100,000 an hour. Yep. Hour, right. But the point he makes it so good is it's the exact same advice for all four of those categories. Yes. The advice doesn't change. The Better Life Tribe methodology, the Mama it doesn't change. Like totally. it works for everybody. Yes. It's the targeting because yep. otherwise people are like, well, that's not for me. Yep. So the more totally. specific you can get. Absolutely. Get yeah. so specific. Yeah. Yep. You and, can expand later. Yeah. And so that, yeah, just anybody who's maybe thinking about, I want to start an online business or any kind of business. Is that, is that the first approach? Like, who do I want to serve? Who yeah. can I go Who do I want to serve? And can you say what you do in a sentence? Ooh, yeah. Like that's the biggest thing. I'm always like, I help women, yeah. you know, change their lives through fitness and health. Like that's yeah. what I do. 
And if you can't say what you do in a sentence, yeah. you're not specific enough. I, I had the same thing. I didn't have a sentence for uh, Better Life Try, but just in the past few weeks, I st- I, I've been saying over and over and over, and I'm liking it. I'm curious your thoughts. You can critique me on it. But it's I help people build wealth without losing their soul. I love that. So it's like, That's I, good. it's not necessarily just real estate, though. It yeah. is the key. I might throw in real estate in there, but though without losing your soul, totally kind of harkens to like, oh, this is I'm not like, just real estate. Yes. Like, and fulfillment. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. it's not just about more money, more money, yeah. more money. So I'm playing I love with that. that. In the beginning, yes. it was, we help everybody have a better yeah. life. <laughs> and it was just, it's a little too wide. So <laughs> I think that one's better. Yeah. Some people listening might be like, well, you're, wait, you're not going to teach other stuff. But it's, it's, again, you can use the philosophy yes. for anything. Like yep. somebody listening, you know, wanting to go to you might be a 60 year old woman. Totally. And we same have thing applies. Yeah. Yep. Same thing applies. And they might be 18 and no kids. Yep. But it's like, it still applies to them. Yeah. 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 I love it. Beautiful. All right. Another thing you mentioned that I think I just want to point out here. Now, you said you don't have to have millions of followers or even tens of thousands of followers. There's a great, have you ever heard of the um, Thousand True Fans? blog article from like a decade probably two decades ago all right so this is was game changer for me but it also was game changing for tim ferris he uh he mentioned in Mm. one of his books that this was like one of the most important blog posts he ever read kevin kelly i think is the guy who wrote it who was a writer for i don't know wired magazine maybe but he basically said this you don't need to have a million followers in the world he was talking about bands like musician like bands he's like if you had a thousand true fans a thousand people who would pay for whatever it is you put out there they go to your concerts they go to whatever or you're an artist and they pay to go to your show a thousand people giving you a hundred dollars a year is a hundred thousand dollars and it just when you look at the internet and you're like wait if i just had a thousand yes true fans like they're actual fans of mine i can make a six-figure income totally yeah, blew my mind blew tim ferris's mind and the same thing is true for you like it yep. just it works i feel like it's like we short ourselves it's like the same thing like well oh, i'm not gonna go to that fitness class time we're fit yeah, yeah right it's like the same <laughs> thing it's like well wait uh-huh. Oh, I'm not going to actually do something until I have more followers. It's like, do you yeah. realize that doesn't work? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to start putting an effort now in order to get there. Yeah. And like, what better way to get fit than just to go to the fitness class? Yep. Like, okay, you're the worst one. Fine. You know, you're going to feel like the worst one at some point, And yep. you just got to know that. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I had a guy one time, uh, it met me at, um, uh, he ran into me at Costco and he said, you know, hey, I heard you in jujitsu. He recognized me from Bigger Pockets, and he goes, "Hey, I heard you in jujitsu." And I'm like, "Yeah, I just started." And he goes, "Oh, so what belt are you then?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just a white belt." And he goes, "Hey, you're not just a white belt. Yes, like white belt is the hardest belt. Yep, because like nobody gets that. it. Ninety percent of people I never get the that. white belt. Like, like now, business is easy, yeah. right? I mean, yep. there's still things, but like it's easier one hundred percent because you're in. Because like, I'm like, yep, I'm yep. in. Like yep. the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. We're good. The yeah. hardest is the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and most people never start. And that actually leads me to the other thing I want to pull out here that I love about your story, and I think it applies to a lot of people. You got started, and then you did that thirty-day challenge, mm-hmm. and that made you fifteen grand. The fifteen grand is irrelevant to the long you know, grand yes. scheme of things. What it gave you was, like, from a psychology standpoint, is positive reinforcement. Yes. It said this works. Mm-hmm. So, how many people out there have an idea? I want to build an app. I want to build a business. I'm going to do real estate, and they spend. A year, two years thinking about it and planning, yes. no positive reinforcement, <laughs> yes. nothing changes. Yes. Uh, and so like just the fact that you got some money coming in. One of our yep. friends, uh, Cameron uh, Cathcart, yeah. just launched a like a beta version of a real estate training thing. He just put it on an Instagram story and got 30 people signed up for this so thing. So cool. And like all of a sudden he has a six figure business. Yes. And it, he has no product yet. I mean, he's yeah. just going to do one on one coaching with these people for a while to figure out the product. Yep what they want, what they need, and then he'll build a massive successfully product around it. Totally. He'll be richer than all of us because he's just like, yeah. he's good. Uh, I don't know, Brody's really good too. You know? <laughs> uh, so I just love that idea of like, just get some dollars yes. in the door and then you figure it out. Yes, just, I love like the statement, like decision paralysis kills. Yeah, And I does. like truly believe that in every area of life. It's like a lack of making a decision will hurt you way more so than more. making a decision. And guess what? Like 
you either make a decision and you're like, well, I learned from that one Mm -hmm. or you don't learn or you move forward and it's great. But like, you'll never be able to move forward in life until you're willing to just like make decisions. And that's something that you just have to learn. It's like, I'm either, if people just talk about it, it's like one of my biggest pet peeves. I literally can't handle it. I'm like, okay, but like, are you going to do it? Yeah. You know, because like you can talk about something all you want. You can say that one day you're going to do this. And I think it's good to have goals and aspirations, but like to change your life or to start a business or to do anything like it starts today, truly. And if you don't believe that, that the small decisions you're making today have an impact on tomorrow, then like that's a big mindset work piece that needs to be done there. Because like today's the greatest indicator of tomorrow. Mm. Absolutely. And yesterday is the greatest indicator of the next day, you know? So it's like decision paralysis kills. A decision is better than no decision any day. Oh, beautiful. All right. So let's say somebody wants to get into the internet marketing business of some kind. They want to build a business online. Mm-hmm. What's the step-by-step process to do so to start making uh, you know, real income, six figures yeah. Uh, yeah. from online? Yeah. I think like, obviously you need to create an avatar. You need to have like some goal or some place you're trying to go. Kind of what we were saying with Cam. But I think being very careful of how specific you're getting with what exactly that thing is that you're selling, maybe, mm-hmm. because your audience will tell you what they want. Yeah, That's why yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, start sharing, start posting. Like everything that you're charging for should be available on your platform, just in an unorganized manner. Mm. And you're the one that's giving it to them in an organized manner. You know, like you can find a million workouts on my page. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. But like, what's going to help you? following them on right? Like a plan. And so I think starting with that, I think showing up every day, one, like also truly caring, being like, okay, I am here to provide a service and being willing to understand that like in the beginning, more has to be given. I truly believe that you got to be ready to grind a little bit, you know, and be like, okay, like I, I want this, this is my vision. And then making sure that you have a pathway to make money. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, this is a great idea. And it's, that's great. Cool. Ideas don't get you anywhere. And also, how is that going to be lucrative? How are you going to keep moving forward with that? Like, is it something that can keep growing and evergreen? Like, how do you see yourself exiting from that? And I think with Mobile, in some ways, when I tell the story, it's like, oh, I just happened into it, you know? But I spent a year and a half before I ever launched anything, just like creating content and being there for people. And then after I did launch, I was there, you yeah. know? And I was grinding and I was showing up in every way. And so I think not overselling, having a plan, showing up every day and making sure that you're providing what what people need and what people are asking for and ask them what they want and be okay with understanding that what you think people need may not be what they need. Yeah. Like create for what they're telling you. Gary Vaynerchuk, I heard, was still doing like he was responding to every Amazon review like five years in after his book came out. Oh, every single Amazon review, oh, he'd fight gosh. with people on why it was. Oh, yeah, oh, my gosh. Like he put in the hours and of yeah. course he became one of the biggest names in the in, in the world in marketing yeah. uh, in in internet just in period like yeah. uh he's yeah crazy like that but yeah it does it takes a lot of grinding sometimes to get there yeah and to and people see the the climb like they, they they're at the top of the mountain they're like oh look at that person up there yeah. they don't see the grind that's they to get don't. there and i think also like my honestly like my only regret when people ask like regret in business yeah. is that i didn't own the identity sooner of what i do well, like what do you mean by that for me i'm like yeah i'm the owner of a seven-figure business that changes women's lives mm. And I would always say, like, I'm a nurse. But like, yeah, I said yeah. that for years, Brandon, even when I was making <laughs> six figures because I felt so embarrassed by yeah. it. And it was like night and day. When I started owning that identity, it was like, yeah, this is what I do. And I'm really good at it. And I help a lot of people. And it was like, boom, things started changing. And I think in anything in life, like, we're slaves to whatever identity we choose. Like, oh, I'm a night owl. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a procrastinator. Oh, I would love to do that, but 
I'm this, I'm that. And like, we don't realize that we're saying what identity we are. You know, I've always been overweight. It doesn't work for me. Like I am, I am, I am. And it's like, as soon as you start giving a little attention to that, no, I am the person who does this. I am the person that changes lives. Like own that identity. And sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Like I'm the person who owns a real estate school. I'm the person, like whatever that is, I'm the person that wakes up early. I'm the person that even if you're not actually doing it yet, you have to start telling yourself that in order to become that. Yeah. And so I think that's like my biggest regret. And what I would say to anyone is like, own the identity earlier as I fast as you can. And then ask yourself, okay, that person that I'm saying, that identity piece, what are they doing? What are their actions? Everyone has someone they look up to. Everyone has someone that they want to be like in business. And it's like, what is that person doing? I love, you know, and then it's like, okay, write down those things. Okay. What is it? Like, when do I think they're going to bed? What, what is their morning routine? People are sharing all of this. Like, okay, let me just start doing those things and like, watch what happens in your life as you start changing and catching yourself in those identities you're giving yourself, because you can change that. And that's the coolest thing. You can change any of those identities, you know, you can be a night owl and then become a morning person because you can start going to bed earlier and waking up earlier if you choose. So like what identities are you choosing in life that are not serving you? And how can you change those in business and in life? I love that. You know, in the Better Life Tribe, we talk a lot about something called identity-based goal setting. It's something I kind of like really push. Yeah, it's like, instead of setting a goal around what do you want, it's who do you want to be, right? Yes. I want to be somebody like, my literal identity that I wrote down was like, I am somebody... Like I am, uh, what I say, I am somebody who enjoys going to the gym. Yes. That was like, like I don't want to just go to the gym. I want to yes. be somebody who enjoys going to the gym and enjoys fitness and enjoys eating totally. healthy food, right? That like I had to purposely define what that identity is. So we do something as part of it. It's called the I am, I do, I don't, I will framework. And it basically just says I am and you craft an identity statement. We'll actually be doing this in December at the Better Life Conference or the summit in Vegas, but I am, uh, and you craft, what is that identity in that area of your life you want to be? So I am a devoted and loving husband to my wife, patient and kind. Like that's one of my identity statements. So I wrote that. And then it's like, I do. And the same thing you just said, and I just want to emphasize this, is what does somebody who has that identity, what do they do on a regular basis and what don't they do? Mm -hmm. So I do listen. I do go on weekly dates. I do, like, that's simple stuff. Like it's just very simple things what they do. What do they not do? And they don't do this. They don't argue. They don't do this. They don't pick apart, whatever. They don't bring up past uh, problems. And then once you have the I am, I do, I don't, then you have the I will. Now you can make a commitment around those things. I'm going to commit to these three things. Yes. And now you've got identity. Yeah, go I love it. Well, and when you like bring attention to it, you start noticing it in your life. Like it's the whole Kia Telluride analogy. It's like if you start looking at buying a Kia Telluride, what will you see the next day when you drive around? Kia Telluride, you know, and it's like, your brain's choosing what it's going to focus on. And so like, that's the power of the I am statements and the power of writing them down. And I like have a journal practice I do every night where I like write down three situations that three identities that I wasn't happy with. Like maybe, Mm. you know, Brady came home late and I reacted in a way that I shouldn't have, even though he came home late. So technically it's like, is that my fault? No, but the way I react is my fault, right? And so any of those situations, maybe I lost it with my kids. Maybe I wasn't listening as well as I could with friends, but just taking that time each night to journal those three situations where I felt like I wasn't uh, living up to an identity I'd like to keep. And then I switch it and write down, like, I am the person who I do this. And I just feel like that's changed my life because I'm able to see so many areas that I can improve in. And then when it starts happening again, I'm like, "Eh, nope, like I am the person who does this and the power of writing it down and just being intentional with it. You know, it's so cool. That's amazing. Well, hey, I want to shift gears a little bit. It's not often I get to talk with a fitness expert. And so we're going to enjoy, your, uh, yes. enjoy you some questions on fitness and health and some of the things that you teach. 
So earlier you said uh, the process for change. You said that if you just follow the, something about the follow the process for change, yeah. you'll change. Anyway, what is the process for change when it comes to your health and fitness? Yeah. What does that look like? I love this. So if someone wants to come to me and let's just say this person's like, hey, I'm waking up. Like, I'm like, let's figure out your habits. You know, I'm waking up at 9 a.m. Maybe you start the day with a bowl of cereal. This is no judgment, right? Yeah. You're... Eh, don't really go to the gym. You go to work. You come home. You sit on the couch, watch TV. You go to bed around midnight, and you're coming to me, and you're saying, "I am so motivated. I am ready to change. Yeah. Like today, I'm ready." Yeah. You know, and and we've all had these feelings. That is so great. I'm never going to let you do that because you're going to fail, yeah. and you're going to end up in the same wheel in the same cycle, right? Yeah. And so I think if you're sitting here and you have massive change you want to make in your life, you got to remember that the little things are the big things. And the big things are the little things. It's always going to come down to small pivots in your life. And I was interviewing this lady who climbed, summited Mount Everest last year. And she was telling me, she's like, there was this one part of where I was climbing and she's like, not a climber. This was just like a cool, cool goal, goal she set. And she's like, and I couldn't get up. Like, I literally was like, this is going to be the end. I cannot get up. She's like, it was literally me moving my climbing gear over like five inches. And all of a sudden I could like get up a little bit. And so... The power of the small pivot, right? Like in your life, okay, if you're waking up at nine, please do not set a goal to wake up at 530. Yeah. You're not going to do it, yeah. you know? And so it's like, maybe it's 830, like wake up at 830 every day and just, I want you to like go walk for 10 minutes. And if you can do that for 10 days, then come back to me, right? Yeah. And then we're going to say, okay, like this is great because now guess what that person's doing? They're building self-belief. And I truly believe that the process to change is self-belief. If you cannot change and every time you go to change, you fail, it's because you don't actually believe that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And so you have to rebuild that self-belief back into yourself that your word means something. And I feel strongly about that. Like if I'm going to commit to something, I'm like, crap, like I actually have to be yeah. able to commit to this because my word means something. When I say I'm going to finish, when I say I'm going to show up, I, it, it means something to me. And so starting small. And I know we want to see change fast. It's like, that's not the sexy thing. Like, but I need to lose 30 pounds. Like, yeah. Okay, well, how has that helped you in the past? The yeah. last time you lost 30 pounds in a month, like, well, now where are you at, right? And so it's like, it's breaking it down to those small attainable wins because that's the only way you can see massive change and apply it literally to anything. It's the same thing in life. Like, can you go from a $0 business to a seven-figure business in one day? Like, probably not unless you like invested in the coolest thing ever and you were so lucky, you know, and there's like random luck, but like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. If you want to be the best parent, the best spouse, if, like whatever it is, small pivots repeated over time, that's the process to change. And I love that like idea. I love saying the process of change remains the same because I think we all become victims to our circumstance and we say, well, you know, Brandon, like you're so tall. That's so much easier for you to get lean. Like I'm so short, so I have to work twice as hard. And it's like, that actually doesn't really matter. Does you being tall stop me from creating no. change in my life? No. Does you, like, let's say you grew up with a ton of money. Okay, cool. You, you know, maybe, and you already said you didn't, but like, let's say, okay, cool. Like you got a house handed to you in a car. Does that stop me from creating the life I want to live? No. But do, are so many people blinded by that because yeah. they're a victim to it? Absolutely. So it's like, no. That's great. It sucks. It's, like, it's so annoying. You can lose weight easier than me. But if I want change, there's a process that needs to be followed. And it's small commitments repeated over time that lead to something big. And that's the only way that you can progress. But in the same breath, like the change starts becoming bigger. 
Yeah. Right. It's like the snowball rolling down the hill and it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger because the more you believe in yourself and the more you believe in the things you say, you will start compounding. It's like in real estate, the first five doors are the hardest doors. After that, you're at a hundred and you're like, yep. whoa, how did that happen in five years when I started with five in the first year? Yeah. Right. It's a process that has to happen. And it's like discouragement's going to come. Imposter syndrome's going to come. No's are going to come. Like people are going to tell you, no, people are going to make fun of you. And I think the sooner you can realize that there will always be that opposition. Like I always tell my clients, I'm like, discouragement will come. Yeah, You're going to mm -hmm. want to quit one day. So now that you know that, what are you going to do when that day comes? Because I promise you there's no journey in life that there's not that opposition along the way. It will come. So let's prepare for it yeah. rather than being scared of it. Like we have this cool thing to look back at our lives and say, where have I gotten stuck in the past? Like what stopped me? Okay, now I know it's this. Now I... Now I know it's imposter syndrome. Now I know it's maybe my relationships or anything in life. Like, what can I do to be prepared for when that comes rather than just like put on blinders and be like, no, I'm just going to hope it doesn't come because it will, you know? And so just being realistic with yourself, hire a coach if you can, but just small steps, guys, seriously, like I beg you, <laughs> if you want to see change, start small. The little things are the big things. I love that you say that because I tend to get in this reactionary mode, especially when it comes to food and dieting, where I'll do something bad. Like let's say I go out and eat way too much food at a party, yeah. right? And I'm, I just stuff my face and I feel guilty. And so I go, that's it. I'm going on keto tomorrow. This is literally right? everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keto tomorrow. I'm no gonna, more sugar. Yeah, no ever more again. sugar ever again. Yeah. And I do these drastic, in my head, I do these drastic moves. Yes. I'm starting 75 hard tomorrow. Yes. And then I'm like, wait, when has that ever worked Thank for me in the you. past? It never oh, has. Yes. <laughs> Either I failed or I come like 75 hard. I did it. And then I, I lost like 25 pounds. So something like that. Yeah. Again, it all back in three days. Yes. I mean, like, it was like three days. Yes. Like, because it's not lifestyle. It's not small change. And was it your identity? Yeah, not, not at like, all. Like, no, no, not I'm at just, all. Right. Yep, not it at wasn't all. like a sustainable approach. I'm always, I always tell my clients, I'm like, I don't care. We still do challenges. That's yep. like a huge sure. thing we do. It's I love thing, challenges still. Huge but, thing for yeah. our community because we talk about mindset so yep. much. Just like, so, and I'm like, I don't care. Like at the end of the six weeks, if I came and knocked on your door, you saw all these changes. Like, I'm so proud of you. But if in a year or two years I come and I knock on your door and you're still doing those same habits, like that's literally my whole goal is yep. I want to come knock on your door in five years and you're still doing that. And like, now that I've been in the business, like mom has been around for two and a half years. And it's like, they're the clients, like the OGs from the beginning. And they're a completely different person, you know, and husbands will email in and I'm yeah. like, that's what we want. And it's not the weight loss that brought them there. It's the belief in themselves. Mm. And it changed everything they did because once you're empowered to know that you're in control and when you say you're going to do something, you do it like the sky's the limit, you know? That's so good. Why is being strong important? Not just like fit and healthy, yeah. but strong. How do you view strength for, especially for a female? Yeah, I think that strong and powerful is such a superpower in the fact that you feel capable of doing anything. Like one of my favorite quotes in life, and this may come off like super confident, but I'll explain, is no one is more capable than me. Mm. And that's my favorite thing to tell myself. And it's because when you believe innately that like you're strong and you're capable, then nothing can stop you. I realize that anything stopping me is only myself, you know? And so if something comes up, I'm like, I truly believe no one is more capable than me to live like the best life for myself. And so that's where strength and like power. And I think when you get strong in your body, you also strengthen your mind at the same time because you're lifting heavy weights and you're doing all of these, you're challenging yourself, right? Yeah. You have to show up to the gym every day to get strong. And that's a mental game just as much. And so 
I I love the feeling. I also love the feeling of yeah, like being able to beat Brandon in an arm wrestle right before. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not gonna talk. He let I me we win. Gonna, he let I, me win. I, did I though? I don't know. I don't. You had some leverage I there. I'm gonna leverage. blame the leverage. We're I gonna go. We're leverage. gonna go with that. Uh, all right. I love that. What about? Let me ask a couple specific questions that maybe are directly affecting people. If I wanted to lose 20 pounds in the next three months, let's call it. Hmm. What do I do? Okay. You hire a coach. Okay. <laughs> you join Momly. You hire a coach. <laughs> no, no, but like truly, I would say set up processes in your life that are gonna are gonna make you successful. So let's dive in, okay, Brandon. Let's say you want to lose twenty pounds. Okay. First, if I was working with you directly, I would say let's get to the bottom of of why the twenty pounds, right? Like, okay. what is this? Is this is the number you had in high school. Is this when you felt your best? Like, why the twenty pounds? Okay. Now that we've got that settled, and you have to ask yourself these questions because people just. We just throw out numbers like, oh, I want a six pack. It's like, well, do you really? Because this is what it takes to get there, right? So really getting to the bottom of why you want that goal. Let's say the 20 pounds is valid. We're like, okay, 20 pounds, right? Okay, then we're gonna look at your daily schedule today. What does it look like, Brandon? When are you waking up? When are you going to the gym? When are you not going to the gym? And then I think just setting up processes in your life to continue whatever that plan is that's created, you know? And if you're like someone that's not moving at all, literally for the next 30 days, just walk for 30 minutes a day and go to bed by like an hour earlier than you usually do and wake up an hour earlier than you usually do and watch your life change. Like just from that, don't even change anything else. Just start with that, right? And so just creating a process to see the results. Like I know I love James Clear. I love Atomic Habits, but it's like set up a system for success. Like if you don't want to eat a lot of treats, don't have a bowl of candy on your counter. Like oh, well, I'm just not motivated. Like, no, motivation is a feeling. Like no one has just an endless ball of motivation ready to go. Like what sets me apart from someone that's maybe not sticking to their goals is that my life is set up to see success for the areas in my life that I want. Like I don't have yeah. treats sitting out and it's not that I'm scared of treats. I will eat treats. Yeah. But it's that like, why would I make make the good decisions easier and the bad decisions harder? And if you don't believe this, like, Think about maybe you have kids. Like if I want my kids to play with a certain toy, let's say it's a toy they never play with. Go set it in the front room on the coffee table. Yeah. They're gonna play with it tons. Why? Yeah. Because it's right in front of them, yeah. right? Same thing goes for us. How can I make the decisions in life easier? I think an accountability buddy is huge. That's yeah. something I always stress, whether it's a virtual one, whether it's your mom, whether it's someone that meets you at the gym. Like I had friends that like for years met me in my garage gym every single morning at 5 a.m. And like the mornings, I literally wouldn't look at my phone past 8 p.m. because I knew if one of them canceled, I'd want to sleep in. Mm. So I'd be like, I had them silenced on my phone. (laughs) And so then I'm like, oh, I already woke up. And then I'm like looking at my phone at five when they didn't show up. I'm like, oh yeah, they canceled. But I knew, and I've been doing this for years. Like, it's not that like me or someone that exercises or someone that you want to be like is just innately better than you. No, it's that they've set up their life to see success better than you. They've set processes better than you. And so looking at your life and creating that plan and being so realistic with yourself. I love the thought, like the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you're willing to ask yourself, right? Why have I failed in the past? Why hasn't this worked? Why did I overeat at that party and then go on keto? And why do I think this will work for me now? And it's just all that intentional thought so that you can actually create resources and plans that will move you forward because the time will pass regardless. So you might as well spend yeah. it in pursuit of what you want. That's great. How do you avoid eating like crap at a party when you're going to go to somebody's <laughs> house and you know they're going to have chips and yeah. you know all that and you're like, I'm going to eat all the chips. How do you avoid that? Um, okay, so for me, 
I will I will surprise people because I will like enjoy at parties or enjoy if I go somewhere, but it's never overindulged because I always know that I can have it tomorrow. Like it's mm. never been something like I don't, I really try not to see food as good or bad. Like I really do eat a treat every single day and I'll have like chips with my sandwich because I know that as soon as I restrict that, I'm going to want it. And there are times in my life that I'm stricter than others. But I think like when it's a lifestyle, it's not like a, I'm being good, I'm being bad. And yeah. I think that's how... 99% of people sit is either they're like being good or they're being bad. For me, this is just how I live. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it is the identity. I think it takes a while to get there for sure, like over time. But I also like when I go, if I'm going somewhere and I'm choosing not to eat something, I always say to myself, always like I'm choosing not to eat that because that doesn't align with the person that I want to be. Yeah. And like that helps me so much rather than I can't have that because I'm on a diet, you know, you like, know you're choosing not to eat that. You can eat, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You're choosing not to because you have that power. And I just think it empowers you to keep doing better. It was a story I've told a few times, but I, I think it's so funny that it happened. And I, I'll, I'll explain the story again. When I was oof, 22, 23, I discovered Starbucks had uh, peppermint hot chocolates. Right. And I was like, this is the greatest tasting nectar of the gods that's ever been put on the earth. I would have a Starbucks. <laughs> Like oh, grande, man. yeah, peppermint hot chocolate every single day. And I didn't drink coffee, so it was just peppermint hot chocolate. And I love them. And I would drink them every single day for years. I mean, three, four, five years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They were so good. Uh, I couldn't figure out why I wasn't losing weight. <laughs> but so then one day, you know, and, and during that time, like my, my dad, I'd give him a hard time sometimes. Or my brother back then would drink a lot of soda. Yeah. Um, and I would always give him a hard time. And in my in my mind, I was like, man, I will never drink soda. Like, who, who drinks like Coca-Cola all day? <laughs> yeah. Like my dad would drink like, a couple cans of Coke. And I'm like, you know, I don't know how unhealthy that is. Yeah. And then one day I made the terrible error of looking at the sugar amount yes, uh, of a, yeah, of a uh, peppermint hot chocolate. And I realized it was like double that of a can of Coke. Totally. And all of a sudden I was like my identity crushed. Cause I was like, I don't want to be the guy who drinks a can of Coke every day. Yeah. Like that's for, no, I would never yeah, do that. That's not me. That's not yeah. me. And I realized it was me yeah. and I hated it. That was, a. I mean, I didn't have a, Another peppermint hot chocolate for years. So cool. And now I do it once. And it was like the most abrupt change I ever had in my entire life. Where it yeah. was just, I was this way addicted and then boom. And it just changed because of identity. Totally. And I've heard that happening. There's a great study done about um, heroin addicts coming back from Vietnam. And like the, the whole U.S. government was convinced there were going to be a massive problem of heroin in America. Which, I mean, there is a problem yeah. of heroin. But <laughs> it was going to be just really bad. And they were gearing up for all those problems. And then all the, the vets came back from Vietnam and they weren't addicted to heroin. And no one could figure out why. They were all addicted to heroin over there or most of them. And then they came back and they weren't. And it's because their identity had never shifted. They were never an addict. They were yep. simply coping with war and yes. they came back. So the identity never shifted to it being a junkie and therefore it never took root. Love it. Uh, and I think it's such a yeah fascinating look at identity and how that wraps it's, in with it's uh, insane. choices. Yeah. yeah, it's literally everything. Yeah. And we identify as so many things all day. Like, yeah. I hope anyone listening to this now, it's like, just start listening. Like, pay attention today and tomorrow with what you say you are. Yeah. Like I am this, like Ooh, we're telling yeah. our kids to say affirmations yep. because we believe in the power of it. We're saying affirmations, yeah. whether they're good or bad every single day. And we, we're not even paying attention to those things we're identifying as. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it said the two most powerful words in the English language are I am. Yep. Yeah. It's the reason like in the Bible, you know, like the name of God is like, I am, <laughs> yes, right? Like, it's exactly. So, like, exactly. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. There's a great video, a viral video I saw the other day online where this woman was basically saying, yeah, there's this girl that I met. I just, I really don't like her. And like, she's really got this like kind of a weird nose and her voice is a little nasally. And she just keeps going on and on about this lady she just doesn't like. 
And then finally she goes, yeah. So finally I had to look in the mirror and say, listen, you don't talk to yourself that way anymore about, yeah, your, about yourself. Because yeah. we just, we say these I am things like, yes. oh, I am like, I got this weird nose. I got yeah. this weird yes. eye. Like, why is my fat over, you know, totally. here? Like, yeah. And, and that just reinforces this, yep. like, that's who I am. So yep. I'm going to stay that way. And that's why you're not seeing change. Yeah. Because you're stuck in that identity 100%. Yeah. And you have, in order to become a new person, you have to do something that someone else does. You yeah. know, you can't become new doing the same things and thinking the same things you're thinking now. You can't make change that way. Yeah. Something's got to give and it's going to be your mindset first. It's got to change. So how does that fit in with, and one thing I've, I've struggled with trying to explain when I'm teaching this stuff to people, and I'm curious where you line on it, is your identity is very much made up by your actions, right? If you do yeah. if you do certain actions over time, your identity shifts to that. Mm -hmm. But also your actions are made up by your identity. So it's kind of a chicken or the egg problem. Totally. Like, do you force the action until your identity shifts? Do you define your identity and then what those actions are? Like, how do you, how do those interplay identity and action? Yeah, I always, for me and clients, I always say like, let's identify what you want to be first, kind of like what you're saying yeah. with that form. And then what are those actions that I want to take? And then am I willing to take those? Yep. You know, because maybe you will shift the identity a little bit and then write it somewhere and just like choose two or three pieces of that. Please don't choose 25 yeah, to yeah. start with today. <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah, I'm the person that wakes up at eight. And yep. guess what? You can always become the person that wakes up at six. Yep. And then hopefully you just keep outgrowing the yeah. previous identity. Like, I don't want to be the same person like a year from now that I am today. Absolutely not. Like I used to think, changing my mind about something was so bad. Like, oh, that means I was wrong. And now mm. I'm like, if you're not changing your mind about things, you are not learning, yeah. you know? And if you're not changing your identities, you're not growing. Yeah. And so if you've sat with the same identity and the same thoughts and the same beliefs, and I'm not talking like core beliefs, but just like in life, then you're not doing anything to learn and grow, like plain and simple, That's you know? That's amazing, yeah. So start paying attention to that. And yeah, identify who you want to be, identify a few of those actions, and then Maybe you feel like you're faking it. That's okay. Yeah. Make it till you make it. But yeah. like the actions will start, you'll start to do them. If you keep doing those two over and over and over again, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I am the person. And I, yep. it works. I promise it works. And at some point, like, you know, I, I, I track every, I track a lot of my habits, right? I have a that. habit yep. tracker. Yeah. And it's a big part of the Better Life Tribe is we do that identity-based goal yep. setting down to what do they do? What are you going to commit to? So I have goals and we have habits that back them up. Just a couple for each kind of like yep. area of your life, right? So in my fitness, I have go to the gym five times a week. I want to go to the gym five times a week. But ironically, actually it was four times last quarter and three times a quarter before. I love that. So I'm moving up slowly because yes. I want to be somebody who likes going to the gym. Yes. And I actually do love going to the gym well, now. And like how much more successful is it? Yeah, you started with three and it's like, well, three is not five, but it's yeah. like, now you're at five. Now if you would have started at great. five, you yeah, made it. I would have never done it. You would have never done and it. And that's why in the past, I've never done it. And what I want to get to, like my goal is to get to a point where I don't have to track anymore. Totally. Like I don't, I don't track a lot of stuff that I just do naturally. I don't track yep. YouTube videos that I make. Yes. I don't track Instagram posts because I just do that. That's my yep. identity. So I'm okay fake, not faking it, but like, because I had a kid, I was explaining to this group of young guys from my church the other day came over and I was explaining to them uh, habit tracking, like how you can just yes. define your habits and track them on a daily basis. I'm like, hey, it's 30 seconds a day. And whether it's a spiritual thing, we actually brainstorm, like what are 20 things you could do in your spiritual life to, to deepen it, right? And mm -hmm. it was like, oh, you know, go to church or read some scripture, or what, memorize a verse, whatever. And I was like, great. Now, if you just track them and you either do them or don't do them, check or dash, right? You did it or you didn't do it. Add them up at the end of the week. And now you know like, your score, right? Yep. So very simple. That's how we operate in the Battle I Tribe. One of the guys asked a question though. He said, well, how do you prevent it from just being like, I'm just checking a box, right? How do I just like, oh, I got to read my Bible or I got to take my wife on a date. Like, how do I just not check a box? And I sat there for a minute. And I was like, I, I think sometimes you just check the boxes yeah. until One it's no longer checking a box. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I think... A lot of the times it's like setting the big goal or like writing down all the habits. It's yeah. so exciting. We get a dopamine hit from that. Yeah, yeah. But like 
it's the little things like, yeah, it can be very mundane, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, it just, sometimes you got to check the box. Sometimes you enjoy it. And can you find little ways like, yeah, maybe you have a best friend that you love hanging out with, or maybe for cardio, you can go play basketball or do something you used to love. But like a lot of the times it's not the funnest, most exciting thing every day. Yeah. And that's like 99% of the time. Yeah. If there's anything know? that separates successful people from unsuccessful, it's like, they just do hard things whether they want to or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, cause I said, I'm going to do it. So yeah. I got to do it. But I also think like in parenthood, I love to bring this in. It's like, do I thoroughly enjoy like giving my children a bath every night? Like, <laughs> no, do I do no. it? Like, yes. And is it a great thing? Yeah. Yes. Like, do you get what I'm saying? It's we make hard so bad where yeah. it's like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Like, I'm just going to be done. But like we can do it because we do it in other areas of our life. Like getting up, if you have a young baby that wakes up during the middle of the night, you're going to get up. So yeah. you do have the ability to wake up. Yeah. And you do have the ability to wake up early. If your baby wakes up at 630 a.m. as a mom, you're going to be getting up at 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. So when you tell yourself that you can't, you actually can. It's just not enough of a push. Right. Yeah. And so oh, it's like, so right. yeah. You can, you have the ability to do all these things. It's just getting to that point and also being okay with the mundane, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't like getting up early except for when I go on vacation. I get yeah, up early just fine. Up, yeah. Because like, I weird. catch my 4 a.m. Yeah. fight. Yeah. Like, no problem. Done. I just get up. Because yep. it's important to you at that moment. It is. Exactly. And, like, I'm not even, when I have to wake up early for a flight, I'm never tired. Yep. And that's fascinating, right? <laughs> it, it's like, crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. How does that, how does my energy change? Yeah, it's, it blows my it's mind every time. It's because you're like excited, yeah, you know? And I, I saw like a quote the other day. It was saying like, life is supposed to be exciting. And I just love the thought of like, it doesn't mean that you need to go do exciting things every day, but how can you find joy yeah. from the daily things that you're doing? And I feel like that's kind of an area of my life that I've been like mm. in lately. It's just like, okay, I, I'm like a goer. I love to just like, like 24 seven. So I've actually been trying to be more still mm. over the last year. And so it's like, how can I find joy in just like sitting and creating and sitting with my daughter that wants to do crafts? I hate doing yeah. crafts, you know, she loves it. And so I just think it's so much of that perspective shift yeah. is being like, I'm grateful to be doing this. And I think a lot of that comes from gratitude. Like if you couldn't move your body tomorrow, how would that change? If yeah. you knew tomorrow you couldn't move your body, how would that change your experience today? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, just I've like a different with, perspective. I've heard it said with kids, kind of like a meme thing online, right? But like 20 years from now, you're going to look back and just wish you were back in that moment. Totally. With your kid doing crafts, totally. even though you're bored out of your mind. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like, I'm going to I'm gonna miss, yeah, my son wants to do a puzzle all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> or play this marble run. Like he yes. loves the marble things. And I'm like, I'm so tired of marble ones. One of the best pieces of parenting advice I ever got was a guy said, outlast your kids uh, on boredom. Like, wow. like, let, like, don't quit until they say they're done with a project. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's so hard. I mean, I, I, nev say, I never win. 12, 12 uh, years later. But I later, try. Yeah, I try so hard. Like, I'll be like, I'll, be like, I'll sit down to play marble run with Wilder. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to get up until he's done. And we'll play for 45 minutes, yeah. an hour. And I'm like, come on, you got to be bored. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm like fighting. And I, I almost always lose, but like, because they have just way more, totally. uh, whatever, ability to do that. But I like that challenge. It's a fun challenge every totally. time because, yeah, I struggle with that too. And they probably love it because they're not distracted. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. like that's me. I'm like, oh, I could be doing so many other things. But yep. really, it's like, hey, what's more important yeah. than this, you know? Yeah, I have a tendency to always be looking at like, there's an end I got to get to, a goal I got to accomplish. And so I, I made a video recently about I was cleaning my pool. You saw my pool up there. It's covered in leaves right now, right? I was doing that. Like I clean my pool, I get to the very end. And then I look back at the beginning and there's more leaves there. And I get really mad. I'm like, oh, I got to go do more leaves. Because in my head, like the goal is to clean the pool. Yep. But what if the goal was simply to enjoy cleaning the pool? Like totally. who cares if there's leaves in it? There's always going to be leaves in it. Totally. Like there's always going to be things yes. that, that are out there. So what? why am yes. I in a rush? What's the hurry? Well, and I just like love that thought too, because I think like, especially 
for men in business, like being a, a woman in the business space, I feel like a lot of the times I always felt like the pressure to like really grind. Yeah. And honestly, like a year and a half ago, I had a really, I reached a really tough burnout. Like mm. I was like, I'm done. This is like, I was checked out mentally because I'd just been pushing, pushing, yeah. pushing. And it was like grind, grind, grind. And so since that, like I've made a lot of really big life changes over the last year and a half. And it's completely changed. Like I hired out so many things. I work so much less. I only do the things I really like to do. But I just think there's so much power in like that. Like, okay, maybe the goal isn't more money. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can focus our lives or maybe the goal isn't more weight loss, right? We can focus our lives on what everyone else is telling us to do or what we feel like we need to do because of the bubble that we're in. And it's just stopping. I, I love asking myself, if no one could see the results of what I'm doing, would I still choose to do that? Mm. And I think that's such a powerful question because it's made me pivot a lot of things in life. You know, like, well, why am I doing that? Why am I chasing that? Because fulfillment, yes, it can come from more money. Yes, it can come from, you know, more subscribers or whatever. But also I've learned that I get so much fulfillment from just like surfing. Like yeah. I'm like, I love to surf or I love to hike or I love like being the one to take my kids to school. I had a nanny doing that last year and this year I'm now the one doing it. And it's like, is it mundane? Birdie's like, we need to hire a driver for that. And I'm like, but I actually think the kids are happier when mom's there to wake them up and take them to school. And it's yeah. like, am I losing money? Probably, but is that the only thing that matters? And so just getting clear on like why you're actually doing what you're doing and yeah. why you're saying you want what you want. And like, focusing on that you know like well why are you cleaning the yeah. pool like okay yeah. i got the leaves out like yeah. oh now now we can't swim like it's just like okay how can i find joy in doing what i'm yeah. really doing and like what can i eliminate and what can i add because like that's really the purpose of it is like how can i at the end of the day be like i lived a good day and i love asking people like if you could wave a magic wand right anything goes here to a client or a friend i love asking new people this when we're like in the car or on the airplane what would your day look like? What would you be driving? What would you be wearing? What activities would you be doing? Where would you live? Just anything. Like gets so detailed and I just like make them keep going. And most people have never thought about this, right? Like literally anything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, I never thought about that. I'm like, yeah, anything goes. You can drive the Range Rover, you know, or you can do this. <laughs> How many kids do you have? And it's like, once you start asking yourself those questions, now you start having a direction in life because so many people are like, well, I don't really know what goals I have. I'm not really good at anything. I don't really want to be an entrepreneur. I don't really care about how much money I make. I think that's fine. But I think you should still create a purpose for your life. You know, it doesn't mean you just meh because you don't know what you don't know. So like getting clear on what is that dream life? What does that look like for you? And then, okay, now how can I go create it? Is it fishing every day? Like my dad, one day he's like, I don't know why people spend so much money on first class. Like I, it's so stupid. I love flying first I class. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> um, love flying first class. And I was telling my dad, I'm like, well, you're blinded by this perspective because I'm like, maybe you to you, it's not worth it to spend the extra three grand on first class. I'm like, but if that extra money, you know, you could go fishing more or you could go like everyone has something they want to do more of. Yeah. So like that's what entrepreneurship is to me or that's what that's why I do what I do, because one, it brings me fulfillment and two, it allows me to live the life that I really do want to live. And I do feel like right now, like, to be honest, maybe <laughs> it sounds bad. There are a few things I would change right now in my daily life. Like it's it feels like my dream life yeah. in so many ways. And I'm like that will continue to change. But I just think that's so cool. It's like, what do you value? What yeah. do you want to do more of? And I love the book, Millionaire Success Habits by yeah. Dean Graziosi. 
Is it on your wall? Yes. I feel like that changed my whole concept of money because it's like really whether you have a passion for this or I have a passion for this or you want a Louis Vuitton bag or whatever that is. Like you can think that's stupid that I want a Louis Vuitton bag, but like we all have something we want more Mm -hmm. of and that's what should guide your choices and your actions and whatever that is that you're chasing. Yeah. And Dan Sullivan has a great um, kind of framework around this that at first I didn't really like it, but the more I lean in, the more I, I really respect it. He says like, you can want something and you want it because you want it. You don't have to have a noble reason for yeah. wanting it. Like you want a Louis Vuitton bag. Y- yes. y- nobody else should be able to judge that. Like yes. if you want that, you want that. Yes. Like if you feel guilty about that, then that's a conversation you need to have with yourself. Absolutely. And you're maybe, you know, but like if you want, like we can't define why I want this yeah. versus that. It just, I want it because I want it. And yep. I don't have to justify it any more than that. And yep. I, I really like that idea. He talks about that in 10X is greater than 2X. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah I listened to that yeah. podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. Su- he super, was on it. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, all right, man, I got so many more things we could talk about. I think, uh, <laughs> Let's let's go this one. I want to go one more fitness question, and then we'll move into maybe some Maui fire yeah. stuff. Ooh. Here's your example, uh, kind of your experience there. But uh, what are your top tips for balancing fitness and being a mom? Yeah, that's a hard role to balance. I know Heather's always, you know, she struggles with that too. She gets by, but she struggles. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you said and because I think that's one of the most powerful shifts. First to start is I think that we always say like, oh, I can be a great Like I can either be super fit or I can be a great mom or I can either own a great business or I can do this. And I just love saying, and Mm -hmm. like I can do both. And so how can I set that up? So like for me, I wake up early to work out like 4.45 a.m. I'm up. Can I work out later with my kids if I wanted to? Yes. Am I as happy when I have to work out with my children? No. (laughs) So I choose to wake up early to work out. But like truly in my life, like I work out an hour in the morning and That's the rest that I'm thinking about fitness. And this is what I do for a living, okay? Because I live the way I live. Like I eat the food I eat and I get it. I've been doing it for a lot of years, so it's a lot easier. So if if you're new and you're like, okay, now I have to meal prep or now I have to do this or now I have to do this, like... I think it's the give and the take and understanding like, you know, if it's if it's your wife or anyone, like if this is you, what are you willing to give? And is it worth it to you to spend the time meal prepping after your kids go to bed because you want, like, what, what are you chasing? Why are you going to the gym? right? Like, what is it that you're wanting? Because if you can't define what you want, then you don't know how to get there. And if you know what it is that you want, or like you want to run a certain mile time, or you want a certain body fat percentage, or you want a certain weight on the scale, now we can get really clear and know that like, okay, the next six months are going to look like this. But I know that after that, I'm going to come to a much easier season because I think people think like, oh, maintaining a six pack is just this outrageous thing. You can never eat carbs. Like be freaking ass. Like you absolutely can. And it's, easy once you're in a maintenance phase it just takes that building phase to get Mm. there and so just letting and come into your vocabulary i can be both and it really doesn't have to take every second of your day and i think we get jaded to that just like oh i can't like i got to be constantly thinking about it like i I almost think that ruins you you know Mm. you still got to live you, you, have you written a full-length book yet? I haven't. I feel like your book title should be free, Be Freaking S. <laughs> That's going to be your book title. <laughs> be yeah. Freaking S. Be Freaking S. <laughs> Everyone's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. That's funny. All right. Maui Fire. Maui Fire. I, we talked to Brody a little bit, a little bit about it, but I want to know your kind of experience. Uh, what was going through your mind? Where were you when things broke out? And then uh, we'll get into the aftermath. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And it's it's one of those experiences that has for sure shifted a lot of things for me. So the morning started, it was Tuesday morning and it was just like, I remember I woke up, I drove to the gym 
and there was no power. So I just went in anyways. And then we were all just working out in the dark and then someone came in and kicked us out. And I'm like, uh, like that's so annoying, you know? So I like walk out and like, so my day started that I was so annoyed that the power was out and I couldn't get my work done. Okay. So I went home, finished in my backyard and then went inside and we had been traveling a lot before this. So I felt like I was fairly behind on work. And so I'm like, okay, I need to work today. There's no Wi-Fi. The power was out. Okay. So I'm like, ah, oh, I'm like, it's interesting looking back because these just felt like these huge hurdles. Like yeah, yeah. I couldn't get my workout in. There's no power. I need to work. And I remember laying on the couch. I was trying to create a reel and I kept trying to post it and it wouldn't post. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like what's even the point? And then and <laughs> my then life I, is so yeah, terrible. Yeah, and like it's just like, uh, right? Yeah, like perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and then um Oof. and then our fence blew down. And I'm like, what is going on? So it's just like you know, everything during the day. And then I'm like, hey, whatever. So I go to my friend's house. We live, our address is Lahaina. We are like a mile and a half away from the impact zone. So I drive to my friend's house. We were going to like switch our kids, but no one could really text because the service was super spotty. So I just show up and we're just like, I'm like, uh, seems kind of sketchy out here. The wind's like blowing things down and it's kind of crazy. So I'll just stay here and then I'll take my kids back home in a couple hours. So we're just hanging out at her house no AC, no Wi-Fi, just chilling. Our kids are playing. And we started like smelling smoke. And we're like, huh, you know, that sucks. The mountains are probably in fi on fire up by Poco. It Which ha happens. It happens yeah. pretty frequently, yep. right? And we're like, oh, that's really sad. And then we started smelling more and more smoke. And so I'm like, you know what? The wind's picking up. I'm like, I'm probably going to head home. Brody didn't even know where I was because there was like no service. So yeah. I couldn't text him. And so I like put the kids in the Jeep and start driving and I go to leave their neighborhood and like there's literally a tree down blocking the exit and I'm like okay we'll drive to the other exit and then as I'm like pulling out I just see like black smoke and I know black smoke is not a good sign yeah. right and it's just like starting to come from the mountain and I'm like oh like dang that that's crazy and it's just interesting looking back now knowing what happened just like the mindset shift with all of it so I start driving home and it starts getting really scary. Like the traffic is insane. I literally cannot move more than like five feet. The water is just like, I'm like one side of me is the smoke coming down. I'm starting to see chunks of ash and it's moving rapidly. On the left side is the ocean and the wind is just ripping. And like the ocean is angry, you know, yeah. because the wind's going so fast. And so I'm in the car, I have my two girls. And I just like started going through scenarios because I'm like, okay, if we have to run to the water, my six-year-old's a great swimmer, my three-year-old, like these waves, no freaking way. I had my surfboard in the back of the truck. I'm like, I could throw on the surfboard and just like start thinking through yeah. scenarios, right? And all the power lines, like it's like triggering now. All the power lines are swaying mm. and there's a lot that have already fall, fallen down and people are becoming frantic. And so I'm like texting Brody, even though they're not really going through, like some are going through as I'm driving and I'm like, like pray I can make it home. And he's like, what? Because where we lived, like we live up. And so the smoke's just coming from like the mountainside to the ocean side. So if you're on either side, you don't really know what's going on. And like there, we weren't getting any evacuation texts or anything like that. And so you just don't really think something that tragic can happen. And then as I'm driving, there's a motorcyclist because it's like back to back, like no one can get out that tries to come down the middle of the road. And someone was pulling out right behind Safeway and ran him over Oh, geez. right in front of us. And the guy was stuck under the car. And so now I'm sitting here, like I have my nursing degree. Yeah. I know how to help someone. So I like jump out, telling the guy to pull forward so we can drag him out. I'm trying to call 911. It's not going through. I'm so worried because we're literally parked right in front of a power line mm. and I'm worried it's going to fall in our car. And it was one of these moments where I'm like, 
gosh, like my kids come first. I'm trying to help him. He was coherent, but a little crazed for sure. And so I like took a picture of his license plate so I could call um, 911 again and hopefully get them. And then there was an old man that was coming out and I'm like, I have my kids in the car. Can you please help him? And then I just jumped back in my car. And maybe that's, that makes me sound like a horrible person, but I was just so worried no, family first, about my kids yeah. at that point. And they were, I mean, obviously hysterical after watching that. Yeah. And so we keep driving. Eventually we like make it out. And I literally have a video. I'm like just driving over power lines. And you're just like, Jeez, what is yeah. going on? So I get home. I am just like, Brody, like, he's like, what is going on? I'm like, I didn't know if we were going to make it home. I was worried. What would I do if I had to tread water with Mia? That's our three-year-old. And then like literally 10 minutes later, our friend's house that I just left, the, the, our friends show up at the house, you know, mm. and they evacuated. And then their videos are just like, I mean, the fire spreads so rapidly. You take 85 mile an hour winds in homes that are ready yeah. to burn down. And they're like an hour later, the whole area was on fire, you know? And so I just remember that night we were just like all sitting and we like put our kids to bed, but we still didn't know. And this yeah. is what people don't understand. It's like, you're like, how did you not know? Like we had no way to communicate. Yeah. We had no way to check on our friends. We did not know what was happening. I have this picture where you can just see the sky lit up behind the house, um, like looking across our street. And we didn't know like if we were gonna have to leave, you know, it's hard to get out of Lahaina. Like we'd yeah. have to go the back way, which would be chaos with yeah. so many cars. And so just like a night of just fear. And it was interesting because I just remember that night thinking, remember this morning when you thought the worst thing was that you yeah. had to leave the gym, yeah. you know? So it was a big perspective shift. Um, and a big thing I've learned in my life, like I... I wrote down like 10 things I learned from my experience with the fires. And one of those was perspective. Like anytime I'm sitting in my life and I'm saying, woe is me, how can I switch that perspective to see it from a greater lens? Because most of the time we're just blinded by that small lens we're looking through. And it's just like been a cool shift to have in my life. Like, okay, oh, I've been sick or oh, this or that, like, but my kids are healthy and my yeah. family's safe. And I just feel like it's helped really ground me. And so anyways, the next day, there's still no communication. We're like listening to the radio to figure out what's going on. Our friends are trying to get out. Um, we've like driven to some of our friends' houses to make sure people are okay. And I mean, people are just all over the side of the road in Lahaina because everyone was evacuating, you know? And I just remember Brody drove our Jeep down to Lahaina town and he comes back and he's like emotional. And I'm like, well, how, how bad is it? Like we didn't know the town of Lahaina burned down. And he's like, and we kept saying, there's no way, there's no way. And he's like, it's all gone. It's all gone. And we have like videos of bodies you could see, like mm. just very, you feel like that could never happen. You know, you read about it happening other places and all of a sudden you're living in it. And it's like, we didn't know what the future held. You know, there's looting now going on, rioting, people need food and water. And we like in our house, we started filling up all the bathtubs. We had trash cans filled with water. You know, we're like, like, <laughs> okay, all of our food's here. Like, what are we going to do if we have a couple weeks without this? Like, how are we going to survive? And it was just like a crazy situation to be in. And so a lot of our friends um, were able to get to the other side, to your guys' side. And we were like, we're going to give it one more day before we make a decision and then like see what's going on and try to get out. And so the next day, we were, Thursday, we were actually packed and ready to leave, like packed our suitcases. We're like, we got to get out. Maybe we'll fly somewhere else for a while. And um, we went to Airport Hill. We heard you could get service there. Called our families, told them we were safe. They were obviously hysterical. And then um, a call from a friend that had gone to the other side got through to my phone. And she's like, hey, can you actually meet someone at the airport? Because I found my friend has a pilot and he wants to fly over and he can bring some supplies. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll meet him at the airport real quick and then we'll leave. And so meet him at the airport, this little plane, because you couldn't get into Lahaina, yeah. right? And had supplies. And I'm like, okay, like... 
Napili is supposed to have something, I hear. So we go to Napili Plaza and the Maui Food Bank is there passing out stuff. And I'll just never forget, Brandon. There's just this like line of people. And I pull the food bank guy aside. I'm like, hey, we have this food. And he's like, hey, sweet. Cause like we're, you know, we don't have enough. So people are getting like one case of water and like some snacks to take with them. And like, this isn't like, you're thinking like, oh, the homeless on the street and, and maybe that, I don't even mean that in a bad way, but you're just thinking like it's those type of people. Sure. Like, no, these are like people you see every day out surfing in the community. Yeah. Like these are the people, you know, everyone's fearful. They've lost everything. And we were so fortunate to keep our house and we had a good supply of food and we started passing it out. And I just remember I turned to Brody. I'm like, there's no way we're leaving. Like, this is insane. Help has to be coming. And like, how can we streamline this process? And like, everyone has their like superpowers. I feel like one of mine is processes and leading has always been something that has come fairly easy to me. Um, I love being able to take control of a situation. And so I was like, okay, we're going to start driving up and down and figuring out like, who has supplies? Where are they coming from? There was a mom crying to me that she did not have formula for her baby. And I was just sick. Like, yeah. can you imagine? When do you think that's going to happen? Like, I've had to formula feed some of my babies. Like, a two-month-old cannot survive on something else. And so I, like, go to Airport Hill, call my friend back. I'm like, can you get some formula on the airplane? And they can they bring it back in, you know? And so we started this process and we drove up and down. And we found out that like the county had delivered stuff to the Ritz-Carlton, but nobody knew mm. because everyone could only hear things from the radio station. So then I'm like, okay, let's call the radio station and let's tell them. So we started setting up like these points of distribution all throughout Lahaina where we could have supplies flown in and then we'd have them delivered. And so I like went to the Kapalua airport to receive it. And like the pilot's like, oh, well, I have a friend here that's been wanting to bring stuff from Kona. And I have a friend here on Oahu. And so... Friday morning, I show up to the um, airport, Kapalua airport to receive our shipment. And there's like, the chief is like, there's like 20 airplanes coming in right now with stuff hmm. and helicopters. And I'm like, amazing. And so literally, I'll just never forget the tarmac's just full. And it's all these people in the community coming, grabbing like shipments. And then I'm like, hey, call everyone. We know with trucks, like if you have a friend with trucks, like go get them. They'd come. We'd be like, okay, we need to go here. I like had runners that would go get lists from each of the pods because we couldn't call each other. Yeah. Like, what do you need? They'd send it. I'd be texting the pilots, then they'd get shipments. And so we started doing this thing. And I know like people were doing this everywhere. Like it wasn't just me. It was such a great effort. And there was like people bringing th things in by boat and by jet ski. And so it was just so cool to see like the community react. And one of my takeaways from the road closure experience is like, how many times do we feel like a road is closed? Like the road, okay, you could not drive supplies in. So, so yeah. many people are like, we're screwed. We can't get any supplies. And it's like, okay, but the air's open and the ocean's open, yeah. right? So like when a road is closed in our life, when we get that no, like how can we think outside the box and what other avenues and roads can open? Because I promise you there's others. Yeah. Like if there's a no, if there's a road's closed, how can we fix that in our lives and how can we get creative? In fact, there's that famous quote, I think it's like uh, constraints breed innovation or something yes, like that. It's like when exactly. you have a constraint and you have that no, that's what makes you think of the other yes. ways in life. Like, yeah. and there's so many other ways in any situation yeah. you're in, I promise there's another way. And so yeah. anyways, like that's kind of how it started going and just the most humbling experience to be a part of. Like, I'll never be the same. Just like, this is how people were surviving and living. And so I spent a couple days just at the airport helping with supplies, getting insulin flown in, like all these crazy things. And the fake it till you make it thing, I feel like that was, I've talked about this a lot and that was a big learning experience for me throughout the fires. It's like, well, who are you? When I'm talking, trying to get insulin in, it's like, well, who are you? Well, I'm chief of distribution. Like, <laughs> like 
And I think, okay, but then they'd listen. And yeah. I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, am I getting in trouble for this? Yeah. <laughs> like, Hi, I'm Andrea. Like, I'm over this. And people are like, sweet. Okay, this is what we need. I'm like, cool. It's an identity thing. Like, if I would have just said, oh, I'm just like here trying to help, which I was, yep. would they have let that happen? Yeah, no. No, they wouldn't have. And so it's like, identity is a big piece. And I did feel like I was faking it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if I get in trouble for this, like, I I mean, yeah. okay, like we're trying to help people. I don't know what else to do, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so it was just interesting. I'm like, Brody, if I just act like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, people disbelieve me. Wow, this is really cool and really empowering. And so I think- Like the world is looking for people to step up and yes, be leaders. And, yeah. and like, you can do that in, in any situation in life. Yeah. Like stop diminishing yourself and start stepping into who you want to be and watch people follow yeah. in business, in anything. Like that's how you create change is that. It's literally words. Yeah. It's words you say and actions that follow. And so we did that, that kept going. And then I got recruited to like a task force that was set up from the county um, and had meetings going on there. And I would just sit in them and I'm like, how am I here? You know, <laughs> like I should not be here. But yeah, and so like the help continued, so much help in the community. And I just think there's so much negative you hear on social media, of course, and everywhere. But like the biggest takeaway for me was just like, people are so good yeah. and people are so giving. And when we choose to look for that, that's what we'll see. And there was a lot of negative that could be seen and focused on throughout that. And I just kept being like, okay, maybe we're frustrated because of this. People would just come to me so frustrated because of this or that, or they're not getting this. And it's like, does frustration like ever help us solve a problem? No. Like not really. And we only have so much energy to give. So it's like, okay, I can hear that and I can see the problem, but I promise that either focusing on like a solution or focusing on the good is going to take you way further than focusing on the things that aren't happening in your life, you know? 100%. And so that was just a huge shift. I'm like, people are either sitting here miserable or like one guy, he literally never left the airport. He had lost everything. And I'm like, do you need to go home? Do you need to take a rest? You know, he was just driving distributions all day, the most boring job. And he was like, nope, like this is, this is how I serve. This is, this is how I feel my best. I'm not going to go sit and like be so sad. Like I'm going to serve. And I just love that. Like when our lives are in disarray, looking outside of ourselves is honestly what usually is going to take us out of it, Yeah, you know? And so just getting outside of our woe is me and our victim and looking to serve and help because there's always someone we can, we can serve and help. And I think that helps yeah, so I much. Know. It sounds weird, uh, and I don't want to come, just come across weird, but like the times I feel happiest are when I'm serving people in need, right? Totally. Like, you know, like that, that's where I like not happy, happy, like haha, fun, but like yeah. joy, joy or fulfillment. Yes. Cause you're like, oh, this is what I'm put on this earth to do. Yes. Like, you're serving. Yeah, you're serving. And that's and, what, like, and it yeah. doesn't mean it's easy. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'd go home and just bawl my yeah. eyes out, literally, cause yep. it was so much to handle. And I was like newly pregnant and so sick. I would yeah. just then throw Oof. up in the porta potties all day or the trash cans. Oof. But it was like, just the most fulfilling work. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'll never be the same. Yeah. Like I will never be the same because those lessons that I learned just taught me that life is so much bigger than what I make it in my little bubble every single day. Like when I was driving with my kids, trying to leave, thinking if we were going to get home, I promise I wasn't thinking about the house we owned, what clothes yeah. we wore. Like, no, you know, I was thinking about like my children and getting home. And I feel like now Brody and I, our favorite thing is like, well, what's, what's worst case scenario? That's what we always say to each yeah. other if we're feeling stressed. And I'm like, Dude, at the end of the day, I'll live in a tent in the wilderness. Yep. Like if my family's safe and we're safe, we will make it work. And so that whole perspective shift, you know, it's like it will all work out. That's amazing. How did you meet the president? Oh, yeah, I met the president. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a cool video. No, um, we they did like a, a dinner, well, lunch where the president flew in for it. 
And so since I was on the task force, we'd been working at the Civic Center in the back of the Civic Center every day, like literally just creating a task force to get people what they need. And we were called West Maui Community Aid is the title we gave and is all volunteers helping and working with the county. And so they're like, the president's coming, you know, we get to be in charge of like helping this happen. And so it was cool. Like I got to meet with the Secret Service when they came and see how that whole process goes. And then the president came and got to um, talk to him and shake hands with him. And yeah, cool experience. I mean, not many people in their lives can say they, whether you like the president or not, you can respect the office, you Mm. know? So it's like not many people say they've met the president of the United States. So I thought that was pretty cool little bonus in there. (laughs) Not not to be a topper, but I once held the president's hand for a good minute. There you go. When was was that? Yeah, uh, (laughs) President George Bush. I worked on a campaign where he came to town and my buddy got front row seats and I didn't even, I wasn't even that into politics. I didn't really like or not like Bush very much, but like he, my buddy was obsessed. So he waited for six hours, got front row seats. And afterwards he came around and, you know, shook everyone's hand. So he shook my hand, but then got distracted and just kept holding the hand. Oh, that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, just hold me. And I just held it for a while. And then it got cold and clammy, you know, we're just like holding hands with the president and he's like talking to other people, just holding my hand. And then he starts, he's holding it and he's not letting go. So he, his secret service is pushing him along. Yeah, I was gonna say the and secret we just start, service. Like, yeah, start wiping out people's heads and my yes. arm's long. So I'm just hitting people. <laughs> and I was like, finally he lets go. And I turned to my buddy who's there, who's now just, you know, you know, in disbelief that yes, that just happened. Out. Yeah, freaking out. And uh, I'm like, uh, what I said, it's like, oh yeah, I said, I was like, yeah, it's like playing limbo with the president. <laughs> And he turns around, George Bush turns and goes, ha kind of like presidential yoga. Oh and then he gosh, turns and goes, I was like, kidding. I just had a joke with the president. Yes. <laughs> that and is so funny. That was my one president story. Oh so anyway, gosh. yeah, Love president. It. We, yeah. we uh, got the president cool thing people. down. Yeah, cool Kay. people. Meet presidents. Check that box. All right. Wow. All right. So uh, we're going to go longer than Brody's episode, maybe. I don't know. Oh, we're an hour and a half in almost. Woo. All right. Uh, let's pivot here towards the next sec- section of the show called the three, two, one pivot. So you use the word pivot earlier, and I love that yeah. phrase. I use it all the time. Uh, is your life's going one direction and it just changes? Maybe one degree, five degrees, thirty totally. degrees, whatever. So I'm gonna ask you three pivot books, two pivot people, and one pivot quote. So things that change the direction of your life. So let's start with the books. Three books. Okay, Atomic Habits by James Clear. So good. It's I can read it a million times. Yeah, you gotta read amazing. it. You gotta start with that. I already mentioned Millionaire Success Habits. Yep. I think if you're someone that's like funny with money, this will really help shift your perspective. Mm. And then I also love Take the Stairs by Rory Vaden. Yeah. So I would say those are my top three. That's right. You know, Rory Vaden, I just realized that it was you and Brody that introduced me to him back in the day. Oh, really? A couple years ago when I first met you guys. He's awesome. Yeah. I just was like, yeah. Funny, this was one of the world. first self-help books I really like, yeah. listened to and was like, oh, I'm like, take the stairs. I can get on board with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, two pivot people that you've met besides okay. the president Biden. Yeah, course. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, wait, was he coherent? Like he was perfectly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brandon, you promised me no yep, politics. No politics. No politics. Two um, people. Two people. Okay. I would say Brody, my husband, mm. which I mean, I've already mentioned him so many times, but just like a big pivot person. He's a big thinker, a big dreamer. We're opposite. He's I was, a good dude. He's too. a good guy. So I was good. teasing Brandon. I'm like, Brody's will go for two hours. Mine will go for 20 minutes. Which <laughs> it's gone longer or like Brody's 10 minutes late. I'm 10 minutes early, but yep. like, that's why we work. He's a big dreamer. I'm a realist. And like, that's what's created the life we live. So I would say he's a big pivot person for me. And then the other one maybe kind of weird, but I would say like a higher power for me. That's God. Like yeah. I think in my life, so many times those pivots have come from like a bigger perspective, a deeper purpose. And so I would say like for me, spirituality and church is such a big part of my life. So I would just feel like that's the other big pivot person in my life. I love it. Nobody said that answer yet, but I like that. Oh, good. Good job. Uh, one pivot quote. 
Okay, I already shared the no one is more capable than me. So the other one I would share is it's not all or nothing. It's always something. Mm. There's always something you can give. Beautiful. Why does that matter to you? Because all or nothing would mean like, oh, well, I at the party or whatever. Like I already ate two cookies. Screw it. I'm going to eat 20, right? Yep. But it's like, that's an all or nothing mindset. Or like, if I can't do all the dishes, why do one? If I can't write the whole book, why write one chapter, right? When really it's like, no, there's always something I can give. Maybe today I only have 15 minutes to get my workout in. Sweet. Okay. Like if, if you had a choice to fill your car a quarter of the way full or, or leave it on empty, you're going to fill it a quarter of the way full. Same thing goes in life. We just don't think of it that way. So like, can you put a little gas in? Because that's going to get you way further repeated than leaving it on empty always. Oh, beautiful. All right. Next segment, past, present, future. Advice to your younger self. Younger self. Ooh, I would say like own your identity sooner. That would be Mm. my main thing. It's like get clear on what you want and just own it sooner. Like don't be afraid to own it. You know, like fear. Stop. Rephrase fear would probably be the biggest one is I think like it's easy to say to feel fear and we see it as a bad thing. And like, yeah, if you're standing on the edge of a cliff, please be careful. But like most of the time we feel fear and we're like, oh, this is bad. We're just like, I love reframing that in my life now. Like all the times when I felt like, oh, I'm so scared. Like, I don't know if I want to do this, Um, especially in business. Like that's when I've had the most growth. So now when I feel it, I'm like, I know it's coming. Like here comes the fear, but like, I know it lives on the other side of that. So now I feel it and I'm like, okay, big change is happening, you know? Mm. So reframe that in my life so I can progress quicker and not be a slave to fear. Awesome. What is something that you've added to your life over the past 12 months that's given it a better life? Could be a habit, trait, action. Um, Okay. I would previously always get the Sunday scaries. I don't know if you know what this is. No, but like, I don't know what this is. Sunday was like a day I wouldn't work. And so like a lot of the times, like my habits look different. I usually take Sunday as a rest day. Mm-hmm. I'm not working. So it's just like a very calm day, which gives me the scaries. I'd always be like antsy <laughs> yeah, on Sundays. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, nah. And so I just have implemented like an early morning Sunday walk. And I go by myself. I'm not allowed to listen to a podcast, only uplifting, calm music or mm. no music. And so I walk for a mile. And then I sit and I'll like meditate or breathe, which is so out of my normal, you guys. I'm like, (sighs) like, how can I make this efficient? I don't want to breathe for five minutes, but make myself sit and think. And then I walk back and I just like, I feel like action creates emotion. And so it allows me to be able to like think clearly and get clear on a lot of things. And it's just like a great way to start your day, like with the sun, not a crazy workout, not a crazy lift. Like you're just by yourself. And like, when do you create that time to just sit and think when you're feeling for me, when I wake up, that's when like all my energy and thought is there. And so I just feel like, honestly, it's changed my life. Like I've had Mm. so many mental breakthroughs in those quiet moments. I love that. Love that. What do you want your legacy to be? And like when you pass away someday, what do you want your people to say about you? Um, I would want my people to say, that I lived life to the fullest, but I also inspired others to do the same. Perfect. All right, time for the wrap up. Two questions. Number one, what are you excited about right now? What's coming up in business or life that you're excited about? I mean, I'm excited to have another baby. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's in life. We had a lot of miscarriages this past year. And so mm. I feel like I have just like never been more grateful. Like being a fitness coach, a lot of my identity has been previously on like how I look. So pregnancies have been really hard for me when I yeah. like, gain weight or in postpartum, I'm like, I just want to like everyone to know I'm super strong, you know? And so it's interesting because 
this pregnancy, I feel like every change I am just obsessed with because I have wanted it for so long and we haven't been able to get there. And so anyways, I feel like that's honestly one of the most exciting things for me. And then the other thing for business, I would say is Momlay Mountains and that's our women's only trail race. Oh, what's that? Tell me about it. Oh, it's like epic. So we sold 800 tickets out in in (laughs) six hours this year. So every year we've sold out really quick. It's women's only event. We always have a powerhouse VIP speaker that comes and it's just a race. Like most of these are first time racers, moms that have never ran a race. It's through some of the, I ran an ultra marathon a couple years ago. Yeah. Brody, tell us about that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And it's through some of that same course. And so I was like, wow, like running has taught me so much because it's something hard to do and it proves a lot to yourself. And so we created that for the women in the Mamale space is I'm like, prove to yourself that you can do hard things, you know? So like that finish line, it is epic. Mm. Like all these women that are like, I never thought I could do that. And they just ran a race. There's children running all their parents in. It's just like a big cry fest. But it's one of the highlights of my entire year is just seeing people conquer that that's amazing do you guys get like videographers and oh yeah oh Oh, yeah we got some good content man i can't wait to see yeah yeah it's good beautiful all right where do people find out more about you where do they connect with your business do you personally follow you online all that yeah okay so you can find me on instagram at mamale m-a-m-e-l-e fit or my personal page andrea fawcett and then you can also find me on the App Store, Mamale. You can just type that in. Seven day free trial if you want to try out the app. Come try it. Men are not allowed. No, I'm just kidding. Men can do it. <laughs> uh, of course, just don't show anyone that the app's pink. There you go. And also our website, Mamale.com. Perfect. All right. Andrea, you're amazing. Thank you. Hey, thanks. And that is the show. Thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of A Better Life with Brandon Turner. I hope you enjoyed the insights and the wisdom uh, brought to you today on this show. If you found value in this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Your feedback actually does help us improve the show. We look at the feedback, I look at the feedback, and we can reach more people with our message of living a better life. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow me on social, Beardy Brandon. And hey, before I go, this show is all about the habits, actions, and beliefs that can give you a better life. But in case you're interested and you want to know my opinion on what it takes to live the best life ever, and that includes some of my kind of weird spiritual beliefs maybe, check out abetterlife.com slash bestlife. Abetterlife.com slash bestlife. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next time on A Better Life with Brandon Turner.